0: greetings friends and thank you for listening to the podcast the church dismantled the kingdom restored or the podcast walter brueggemann a prophetic voice for our times i have two of these running together and sometimes i put one episode on one of them and one on the other so you might want to check out both of them sometimes i put the same episode on both podcasts just a reminder that my autobi my biography of walter brueggemann the first biography of walter brueggemann entitled Walter Brueggemann's Prophetic Imagination, a Theological Biography, is available for $13.80 on Amazon, and the Kindle book is about the same price as well. The final chapter of that book discusses the relationship between Walter Brueggemann and Jim Wallace over many decades, and the mutual collaboration that they've had in their prophetic voice to the uh, American church. So if you've not picked that book up uh, and you want to read more about their relationship and what each of them has brought, I invite you to do so. Thank
1: you for joining me for this podcast. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Lenten podcast When Night Falls. This episode is entitled When the Light at the End Doesn't Seem Like Enough. In 2017, as part of a much needed sabbatical, Heidi and I traveled west, spending time at a retreat in Colorado Springs and then heading to the lovely Oregon coast. But on our way, we stopped and rode the incredibly scenic Hiawatha Rails to Trail bike ride that begins high in the mountains of Montana and winds its way slowly downward across old trestle bridges and high above the valleys of Idaho below. It was the most lovely ride we ever took. But that trail also includes a lengthy tunnel about two miles in length. We debated going around, but decided to go through it. If the little kids over there could do it, what was wrong with us? We had been given, after all, small, but we would soon learn, rather useless flashlights to guide us through. The challenge of tunnels like the one we rode through that day is that one so often sees the promise of the light at the end, long before one ever gets through the tunnel. That light does give much needed encouragement that the end of the darkness is ahead, but it does not give light to the current darkness. It offers hope, but that hope is not offering light. In that tunnel on this day, we still had to negotiate water dripping from the ceiling gigantic potholes and mud puddles that threatened to upend us at any moment and send us flying into the ground. We had to make our way around slower riders, we had to watch out for the folks coming from the opposite direction, who were also negotiating all of the same things that we were. We found ourselves keeping count of the mile markers along the path that told us how far we were until we would get out of this darkness. Because that glimmer of light at the end could not tell us where we were or how far we had to go, only that we were heading in the direction a light. Life is so like this sometimes, I'm finding exiting from ministry to be like this. Exiting from a role is a fascinating and rich time of learning, and potentially of personal growth. It offers the promise of light, and yet the very act of exiting also begins to reveal darkness, both in oneself, one's social role, and one's social context. How does one negotiate this darkness, found both in oneself and in the space one is leaving? The potholes and mud puddles aren't miraculously disappearing. The other riders have not gone anywhere. The risks remain. What one is left with is the promise of the coming light, a light that heals, that comforts, that guides, and that surely beats the crummy flashlights we're holding on to for dear life now. But one also realizes that in this life, we will always remain somewhat tunneled, somewhat in the dark and in the shadows, and that the light ahead will not be fully revealed, nor will we step into it entirely until that last glorious morning, when all is light and all is day, the fullest light and the grandest day. This week I was reading in Hebrews 2, where the author seems to understand and speak to the discomfort of seeing the light while still in the dark. But we do see Jesus, he or she echoes, in a place where we will for now always see through a glass darkly, says St. Paul. Someday we shall see face to face. And Paul was someone, if anyone did, who knew the reality of living in darkness and looking ahead to the light. And that is our hope, today and always, that if we keep negotiating the potholes and mud puddles and navigating our way around the other riders and counting the mile markers, but most of all keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, we will finally leave this darkness and enter into, once and for all time, that light that we glimpse ahead and that keeps coaxing us on. You can do it. I know you can. Thank you, friend, for joining me for this episode. May you know that you are never alone, that you are deeply loved. We look not to what is seen, but to what is unseen.